here's the thing, Ryan. She says, uh, every time I see you, you're heavier, your blood pressure is higher, and you're about to cross that threshold with your sugar where there's no coming back and you're adult onset diabetes. And I thought, wow. And then she said, you're in your 40s. You know, I'm 42 now, so this would have been, you know, 40, 41 at the point. And she said, uh, either your mind or your body is going to change. At this point, it's a race. Are you looking for all the benefits of a keto diet, but don't want living the keto lifestyle to be your second full-time job? I'm Kristen Scaff, and on this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you cut through the keto confusion and navigate your way to a healthier, happier you. If you're looking for some mouth-watering recipes that take less than 10 minutes to prepare, then head over to ketotimehacks.com and grab a free copy of my cookbook, 10-Minute Keto Comfort Foods. Just cover the cost of shipping. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to Real Keto Talk. I'm very excited today for the guest that we have on with us. We have on somebody that has inspired me hugely, and I think everybody's going to enjoy hearing from him. So allow me to introduce to everybody, Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you? Great. Good to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. I was so excited you agreed to come on and let me pester you with lots of lots and lots of questions. My pleasure. It really is. <laughs> Yes, yes. So everybody knows how I know Ryan is uh, he is one of the worship leaders at my church and has one of the most amazing singing voices I have ever heard in my life. Um, and I am just, I, I love it every time I get to hear any note come out of his mouth. So that is an extra bonus to having Ryan on here. I'm going to let everybody know where they can hear him as well when we get a little later on. But the reason, Ryan, that I asked you to come on is you have had quite a journey and in your health and in your weight loss. And, and I want everybody to hear a little more about that because it has truly inspired me. But first, let, just tell everybody a little more about yourself. Well, uh, thanks, Chris. So my, my name is Ryan. I'm 42 years old. I'm, I'm married, have a one 12-year-old son currently live in Phoenix, Arizona, working at uh, Christ Church of the Valley as a worship pastor. I've uh, been here for a little over eight years now, and uh, but I, I grew up in Kentucky. Um, I grew up uh, uh, in a family that we, we were definitely uh, a husky bunch, <laughs> and uh, health was never something that uh, I, I saw anyone like take serious or champion in, in my family. You know, we, we uh, uh, just my my mom is an amazing cook. My grandmothers were amazing cooks. Uh, you know, everything, which, you know, my, my wife would say when she, when she first started to meet my family 20 plus years ago, uh, she's like, everything revolves around food in your family. You know, like it sure does, you know, so I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> it's a, it's a common story. That's something that's, uh, you know, it's part of the dynamic a lot of us grew up with, which is a good thing, actually. I mean, it's yeah. something that Everybody gets around and um, that's great. So let's kind of start at the end and then go back to how you got there. But so, so you went on a, on a journey to, to get healthier, lose some weight, get, get healthier in general. Uh, tell everybody how much weight have you lost? 
Uh, 77 pounds. That is incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, so what made you decide to start this journey? What made you actually decide to go down this road? So, uh, 2019, I had I went to Belarus, and it was a mission trip for my church, and and it was just an incredible experience. Had a great time there, and we had to one of the days there they they wanted to give us a bike tour of the city, and. Um, I thought that sounds fun. It's been a while since I've been on a bike. I used to ride a bicycle back and forth to work, um, you know, maybe eight or 10 years previous to this. This will be fun. And we did like, I don't know, 15 miles, 18 miles across the city of Minsk in, in Belarus. And I could not believe how exhausted and worn out I was. And uh, that was just interesting to me. Like, dang, like, I, I remember riding my bike you know, 20 miles a day, you know, 10 miles back and forth to work and feel like this. And I'm just putting around town with a group of people, not in a hurry or anything. It's really wore me out. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then uh, we're in Belarus. We, we fly back to Phoenix and I get really sick. And for about a month, I was just like really, really sick. We were kind of traveling intermittently through that season and went to a certain, you know, a few different doctors, um, was traveling across the country and so I stop into like urgent cares and maybe I have strep throat. Maybe I have this. I don't know. I mean, shoot, I may have had COVID who knows. Cause you know, like we weren't tested for it then, but, but however, when I got back to Phoenix, it'd been about 30 days and went to my doctor here and uh, uh, you know, she's a CCB lady. And you know, she says, here, here's the thing, Ryan. She says, uh, every time I see you, you're heavier, your blood pressure is higher. And you're about to cross that threshold with your sugar where there's no coming back and you're adult onset diabetes. And I thought, wow. And then she said, you're in your 40s. You know, I'm 42 now. So this would have been, you know, 40, 41 at the point. And she said, uh, either your mind or your body is going to change. At this point, it's a race. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, you're, you're blaming me for this? <laughs> <laughs> and like in my family, most people over 40 have diabetes. We give it to ourselves. You know, my father-in-law has diabetes, like, and it's all on adult onset. You know, it's not where someone's born with it, but it's yeah. physically we eat ourselves into being diabetic. And it was honestly the first time in my life that I like considered a different path. There had been many times in my life, I've always been, I was, I was a big kid, you know, getting made fun of school, being a big kid. Um, I've always been bigger than my friends. Like, you know, just, that's always been a thing. And there's been ser several times throughout the years where I would become like embarrassed or feel ashamed of the big guy in the mirror. I didn't want to be the big guy in the mirror anymore. And, uh, uh, or just having a hard time when I go to buy clothes and just be mad because I can't find clothes that fit me. And it just like the worst day of my you know, year would be going to Kohl's to buy clothes and just like hate it, you know? And so like my motivation to be healthy was always about, actually it wasn't healthy. My motivation was just not wanting to be a big guy in the mirror anymore. And that never worked. It was never sustainable. So whatever weight I lost, I always gained it back. Um, and so 2019, August is when this conversation happened. And they wait, I weighed in that day, that day at, at, at 288. And so I think, and, I, and I'd been, a, I'd been sick for 
over a month at that point. So I think I was well north of 300 pounds. Like there's, there's a photo of me that my wife showed me recently that was actually taken. I'll show you here uh, of me while I was in Belarus. And I think I had to be north of 300 here. A bunch of my friends were doing keto at the time. And so I, I called my doctor and I said, Hey, I've been reading about keto. Uh, I read something about like, if you're diabetic, keto can be very dangerous. You shouldn't do it because, you, you know, the reason diabetics end up in a coma is because their body goes into ketosis and it's very bad because their insulin is out of whack. And, and she said, well, you're not diabetic. You're pre-diabetic. If you want to give it a try, just let's try it. She warned me to watch my cholesterol because sometimes when people do do keto, uh, they do like you know, what what is called dirty keto. Yeah. You know, it's just like meat and cheese and whatever. And, and so she says to be very, very, very careful on how you approach it and just eat clean. And there's, there's better ways to do it. But she had also said that it's not necessarily uh, something that people just continue to do their whole lives. And so she, if you want to try it, try it. So I tried it. And in two months, I'd lost 30 pounds. I couldn't believe it. Um, and, uh, but I was noticing something. Um, just a personal thing, people around me who were also doing keto, they kind of like got to a place where they were sick and tired of not having carbs. And, and typically how these diets, any of the fad diets work is pendulum swings this way and then it swings this way. Right. And so I've been telling myself, no, I can't have this for the last two months. Now, screw that. I'm eating all the pizza in town. I'm eating all the tacos in town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm watching my friends, like, you know, gain, gain that weight back. And, and I, it just, it occurred to me, man, is this, this is a path. Like I, I'm familiar with this. This, this is, I've done this in my life where I've lost 20 pounds. I've lost 30 pounds. Now, once in my life, I even lost 40 pounds. I was riding a bike every single day counting every little calorie, counting every little, all the macros, you know, and, you know, I wouldn't go out and eat with people, wouldn't go out to, to celebrations or birthday. I would dread Thanksgiving. I would dread Christmas because, you know, uh, if I can't be in complete control of my food, then like, it's just going to screw me up, you know? And so after two months, I made a decision um, to, to shift out of keto per se versus just counting the macros to what I'm, what I call now, uh, I don't count carbs, but I'm, I'm carb conscious. So, uh, so explain that a little more. I think, uh, tell us a little more what that means. Yeah. So in keto, you're, you're, you're counting macros at, at a, at a very, like it's, it's precision, you know, it's, it's no more than, you know, 20 or 25 carbs a day, you know, like you got your, your percentages of fat versus protein versus carbs. So that has to be in a certain number for your body to be in ketosis. Yeah. And, uh, and then you stay there, but you can very quickly, if you eat too much sugar or you eat something that had too many carbs, uh, it throws your body out of ketosis and you got to go through the whole thing again, where you, you, know, you go through the keto flu and all this stuff. And it's just like something that's not for me sustainable. And so, um, I will look at things like I'll eat toast, multigrain, healthy toast in the morning. I'll put some peanut butter on it. Sometimes I'll chop up some strawberries and put on it. Sometimes, sometimes instead of peanut butter, I'll use cream cheese. Like I think about things that are going to sustain me through the day. And, um, the, the perspective of 
you ever heard the phrase like you uh, people eat how they feel? Like, yeah, I mean, we feel bad. We eat a bunch of junk, you know, but like what occurred to me is I actually like I'd gotten, you know, two months into eating really clean. And then if I ate something, my body would respond to it very quickly. Like, oh, what'd you just do to me? You know, mm-hmm. and I realized, no, it's actually backwards. It's like we feel how we eat. And so like something shifted in my head from instead of chasing like a, a number on a scale, instead of like, you know, chasing a, a, a waist size or it's, it's I want to feel good. I want to go get on my bike and, and ride to the other side of town if I want to without having to stop every 10 minutes and breathe. You know, I want to be able to, you know, to walk up and down stairs without panting. I want my son to see something different than I saw growing up. And that's the shift. So like every now and then, if, if I want a donut, I go to Sweetheart Donuts in Anthem, Arizona, which is not super close to me, but they're my favorite donuts on the planet. So if I want a donut, I'm going to drive out of my way to get one, you know, and I really enjoy that thing. And about 35 seconds later, my, my eyebrows are breakdancing because all the sugar, you're like, what's happening, you know, <laughs> but I'm not jumping in on a keto, you know, it's, it's like, I'll have that stuff every now and then. Um, I, I eat really clean. So um, I'm not going to go through McDonald's and get French fries or get a cheeseburger, you know, occasionally we'll go to In-N-Out and I'll get what's called a flying Dutchman, which is just two patties and cheese in the middle. Like I'll get that occasionally. Um, I'll do chicken wings occasionally. I don't do much breaded stuff unless again, it's like, I really want it. And some people would say, yeah, what you're talking about is kind of like a cheat diet, you know, where you have a cheat day. And I actually hate that. Like I say, no, 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 I'm actually against that because I feel like that's back against this philosophy that's failing people with their health. And the philosophy is, is, we see diet as a list of restrictions. We see diet as punishment, mm-hmm. right? You're in food prison. You were bad. You're naughty. Now you're in prison. Yep. And I think actually diet is actually meant to be seen more as a philosophy of how we view food, like, and how, what we see it doing for our bodies. Yep. And so um, I think about what are things that, that uh, are sustaining for me that I feel good after I eat. I have a really busy schedule. And so I need to like have sustainable energy all day because when I get home at night, I still want to have energy for my wife and my son. And so like eating food that allows me to do that, like it allows me to sustain the life I want to live. That's how I'm seeing it. So, so seeing food as fuel is great. And then occasionally, like when I want a treat or if I want pizza, I'll still eat pizza. I go to the best pizza place in town and me and my son will split a pizza, you know. But like before, like we'd eat pizza twice a week. I'd order Domino's, eat whatever garbage I wanted, you know, and I'd eat a whole large pizza by myself. And like that was just terrible, you know. But I didn't know it was terrible for me because everything I ate was terrible for me and my body was just used to feeling bad. And so if you're able to eat clean long enough that your body like adjusts to that. Like you realize when you eat some of this stuff, like you realize it's bad for you instantly because how bad it makes you feel, you know, like you don't realize how bad you were feeling until you start feeling better. Yeah. It's, 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 it's right. Exactly. And so before like the reward, like the cheat day mentality is like, well, I'm, I've, I've uh, punished myself six days 
on that seventh day, man, I'm going to go crazy. And I understand there's some, there's some with your metabolism, there's some actually science behind some of that stuff, but I just don't meet many people that are able to sustain that, you yeah. know? And, uh, as you talk about all the diets, some people are, you know, they, they, they do intermittent fasting and some people are doing keto. Some people are doing this or this or that. And, and, and I also understand everyone's body is different. So how my body responds to stuff is going to be different. And that's discouraging because, you know, there's been a couple of people I've coached over the last few months through some of this. And I got this guy I was meeting with who, who he actually was doing keto, doing it very clean. And in one month he lost five pounds. He was very discouraged. Yeah. I was like, dude, you lost five pounds. He goes, yeah, but like everyone else I know, they lost 10 or 15 and it's like man i've been i've been punishing myself all month i said did you hear what you just said like punishing yourself so that that's the mentality of the of the like the diet that's just not going to work you know if diet is tethered or connected to punishment like how are we ever going to sustain that you know like like i hate myself so i'm going to eat food that's good for me like it's weird <laughs> It's, right? And it's kind of that I'll suck it up until I can go back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. And, and like, if you kind of figure out, like, I think, you know, anyone who comes to me and says, Hey, you have any advice to like, to lose weight. And what I want to do is have a conversation first. Let's talk about why you want to lose weight. What is that really about? You know? And because it's a mental game. You're right. That it's, it's, you know, like my doctor said, it's a race at this point, either your mind's going to change or your body is. And like, it's like, dang, that's that accountability is on me. But I know a lot of people who eat really clean, who exercise and just the way their metabolism works, it's just a different thing for them, you know? So like, we got to be careful to not cast judgment on others and, and, and also to have grace for ourselves that just knowing that all of our bodies and our metabolisms are just different, how that's going to work. And, and that's yeah. fine. Like I am 200 right now, currently my current weight is 215. My doctor's goal for me was to be 215. Oh, right there. Good for you. So, but I'm I'm still a, a big guy. You know, uh, I work with people who are 160 pounds. If I'm comparing my health to this guy over here who's 160 pounds, like then I'm failing, yeah. right? Yeah. But like with my frame, I'm exactly where I should be. You know, and it'll, yeah. it'll you look you look amazing. You really do. It'll go up and down. It'll go up three or four pounds down. You know, just but like. So, so what did you tell the guy that was, you know, because this is a good, important point. Everybody and something we talk about a lot here. You know, I always say we don't want to make our diet our second full-time job. And I, I mean that in the sense of we don't want it, you know, when normally when people diet, a lot of times, like you said, that is like their obsession till they get where they want to be. And you can really get wrapped up in the obsession of the diet. Yeah. And how do we make it more of a livable lifestyle, which means not how do you hate doing something? How can you tolerate doing something you hate for the rest of your life? But how do you figure out how to be in a place to do something that makes you feel great for the rest of your life? But yeah. we still have to go through this journey. So what did you say to the guy that was, for obvious reasons, you know, probably having a little bit of a confidence issue after working so hard? What did you say to him to keep him going on his path? So it's, it's reminding people of their goals. Okay. So if, if your primary goal is to drop weight, like, I don't know that I'm going to be a great person for you to talk to. Because my, my primary goal is to get you feeling good, is to get you feeling better. And like, eventually, if you're very overweight, like I was, 
then you're going to see weight loss. If you eat cleaner, you start, you stop drinking pop, you stop, you know, engulfing sugar and add some motion to your day. You're, you're going to lean up. You're going to lose some weight. How much you lose now that, that no one should be making promises for that, you know, mm-hmm. at least sustainable ones. I mean, I, I mean, I could take anyone and, and help them lose, you know, five or 10 pounds in a month guaranteed, you know, but like if the goal is to, to keep that off, what's that look like? You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just a reminding him of the goals that he set for himself in which all of them he was hitting, except the scale was kind of misleading him. So I think that slave to the scale mentality is not, I think the scale scale is great for like a, it's, it's one measurement we should yeah. use. You know, I have a scale that I that connects to my phone that gives me my, my fat percent, you know, it, it gives me my, my, my hydration. It gives me my bone density, my muscle weight, like, and all that stuff's, you know, good information, you know, to have. I love that it gives me all those things because if I'm just looking at the big number there, like it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a great picture, you know. Now with keto, a very common thing I see, but not just keto, any, any like fast weight loss thing is people lose muscle mass and your, your muscle is your body's, you know, built in way to burn calories, you know. So if you're taking in 1800 or 2000 calories a day, and you're you're burning through all of your muscle as well as your fat. You get to this point where you, when you plateau, there's no muscle there to continue to burn that fat. So people yeah. plateau, then they give up and they eat stuff that's not nutritious that the body doesn't need, and so the body stores it, and there's no muscle there to continue to burn that stuff. So now you gain weight faster, and so you actually end up bigger uh, with less muscle mass. And then that cycle, it's, it's, it's very discouraging. I've been there. Anyone who struggled their way has been there. I didn't know that's why that was happening. You know, so I, I did find when I was doing full keto, it was hard to ac- exercise. Um, I've heard a few different people explain this to me, something with like your, your, your muscles need the glucose to repair themselves or whatever. And so you need some sugar. I, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist, so I, I don't. I don't know. You know, when you dig into the stuff online, there's different opinions about it. All I can speak from yeah. is my, my yeah. experience. I don't have a degree in it. It's my experience. Um, well, I mean, you exercise a lot. In fact, you just got back from quite a quite a race. I know you do a lot on your bike. So how did you solve this problem? Because clearly you are extremely um, athletic, doing some very impressive things, and you're still doing a carb-conscious type of diet. So how did those two end up fitting together? So like the amount of carbs that I'm taking in a day, uh, it seems sustainable to me. Um, I feel when it's not because I just get too tired. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I was riding a bike every single day. I was on a road bike riding anywhere from 30 to 60 miles every single morning. Incredible. It, it was nuts, but not sustainable. I kind of got addicted to it. And, and it was also during quarantine when everyone was mm-hmm. home and couldn't go to work. And I was just bored out of my mind. So I'd wake up at 4.30 yeah. in the morning yeah. and I could sit there and, and, you know, just be panicky about what's happening around the world. You know, I could get on my bike and go out. And, and it was a great, like, mental clarity for me. But I could ride my bike for four hours my, when I left everyone's in bed at home. When I got home, they were still in bed. So like it didn't, you know, it wasn't affecting anybody. Yeah. And, and so that, that's a tricky one because when you mix in like high intensity cardio or uh, a very uh, intense workout system that you're doing, um, your body learns 
Like this is what we do with the calories, right? And so you actually end up eating different. Like I, I went on one bike ride this summer. It was 102 miles. It was 107 degrees outside. It was brutal. And I burned 6,000 calories oh. that day. Wow. So I'm traveling with like little peanut butter pouches and things. And, and I burned through those so fast. The next thing you know, I'm stopping at gas stations and, and grabbing just like whatever I can that'll fuel me bananas and stuff. And trying to make, cause like you hit this wall and you just run out of energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So you fill up real time on a bike, but that was interesting to me to take that and to see how that connects to my everyday life. Like when I hit a wall, um, the challenge, you know, is man, I need to take a nap or I need a cup of coffee. Well, no, maybe I just need to eat a half a banana. You know, or maybe I need to like, uh, it's, it's, I'm running out of gas. That's the wall I'm hitting. Yeah. My body needs more fuel. And so again, it just reinforced the idea of, of diet as a philosophy of what I use to fuel my body. So keep almonds present. Like, you know, for me, these things work really well. They keep me energized. Um, they may not for other people, but, um, so when someone comes to me and, and says, Hey, I need help. Like the first thing we do is talk about the why and, and why it shouldn't just be about the scale. You know, the scale is, is a measurement device. That's all it is, it's, but it's one, we need several. The second thing I tell them is you need to go to your doctor and get the most extensive blood work mm-hmm. you can get done yes. and let them inform what you're doing. Because yes. like you may be re- really deficient in some areas and maybe that's partly yes. like what's going on, or you may have Hashimoto's. And in fact, like if you tried to do what I'm doing right now, that would be very dangerous for you. You know, like, yeah. Um, like my wife has Hashimoto's. And so, uh, when I'm feeling tired and wore out, it's a sign to me that I need to actually press into that. If she would do that, it would totally like dump her immune system and she'd be sick for a month, you know? So yeah, the wisdom of going to your doctor, getting the blood work. I I think that's a piece that doesn't get talked about enough, frankly, because sometimes if you don't know what's going on underneath all this stuff that can make you feel like you're banging your head against the wall because you may not know what's happening underneath the surface. Yeah. And there's a lot of science about even your blood type out there, just like the kind of blood type you have versus the type of, you know, of of nutrition that benefits your body. Like that's really interesting, but if there's not just a blanket, here's how you do it, you know? Um, Yeah. It's not an excuse. Some people say, well, I think some of the reasons, some of the reasons people don't see the same, they don't see the same, the same, uh, the weight loss, the same yep. thing that they see in others, they get discouraged just because it, it could just be like just the, your genetics, the way your body's built. Maybe there's something else you need to do. Uh, the blood never lies. Right. So like, your doctor's going to help you figure that out. So I think that that's gotta be a priority. Yes. Um, if you discover that you have like this happened to a guy, a good friend of mine, um, he has like this thing going on in his heart. And so like when he rides his bike or exercises, he literally has to wear a heart monitor because he has to be very aware of how hard he presses his heart. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that and you decide, Hey, I'm going to go do a CrossFit thing, or I'm going to ride my bike for 40 miles and haven't ridden a bike in 20 years. Like you could literally give yourself a heart attack. Yeah. you know. And yeah. so, yeah. I think before step one, see your doctor, request your blood work, tell them what you're going to do. And then this is really cool. Go back in three months or go back in two months and request it again. And then you can see where it's going. And there's something so great about that. You know, my blood pressure, like I don't need medication for it. You know, she was threatening to give it to me. So I'm nowhere near that. 
Um, I'm nowhere near the diet diabetic territory with my, with my, you know, my, my blood sugar. I don't need a CPAP anymore. Like there's so many things that like I do sleep better. I feel better. And for me, it was all just weight related, you know, that's kind and of a it, positive cycle too. If you start to sleep better, you start to feel better. I mean, all these things are kind of yep. probably build on each other. Totally. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I remember the, the big fear I had when I, in 2019, when I started this thing. Um, so by the end of August was when I decided to, to, to try to shift. So through September, I made it great through October. I made it great. I remember walking around with my kid on Halloween, carrying a bag of candy and like zero interest in anything in there. You know, I felt like I could smell the chemicals coming off of it. Cause like, you know, so once it wasn't you because you were like, I can't have that. You just, you had made a, a mindset shift. It went from, I can't have it. So I don't want it. It was That's like, incredible. It, it's weird. Yeah. Cause like you start smelling like, you know, like this, like this Reese cup doesn't smell like real chocolate and peanut butter. What, what's in this thing? You know? <laughs> like once you clean your system out, like yeah, you experience that stuff differently, you know? Yeah. And, and then I remember as we started to coast into Thanksgiving, I started to feel nervous, like, man, I'm going to be surrounded by food. I don't have control over because mm-hmm. up until then, like I'm, I'm doing our grocery shopping. I'm making my own meals. You know, I'm, I'm packing food and bringing food with me to work. I had this plan that like, I always had a plan. I always had a black, a backup plan. I wasn't going to get caught anywhere where I was forced to eat something I didn't want to eat, you know? And, and that, that's very strict and, and that's one way to do it. And it definitely wasn't sustainable, but like, this is how typically in my life I've treated diets up until, you know, uh, up until this point, I was still kind of thinking that way. and. Um, when I saw that I made it through Thanksgiving, I ate a piece of pumpkin pie with Cool Whip on it, thinking for sure I was going to weigh 25 pounds extra the next day after I <laughs> ate that. Yeah. And I hadn't gained any weight. I was like, wait a minute. Huh. What's Crazy. going on here? <laughs> you can live your life and still and still be in this lifestyle. Yeah. And so it's, it's uh, enjoy the process enjoy people because that's the other thing is when people are on strict diets like, have you ever tried to go out and eat with your friends when you're on a strict diet yeah you want to be that guy pulling stuff out of your bag at the table at the restaurant it's no fun that's, for you or uh, for them yeah it makes, <laughs> like, it makes both sides feel a little uncomfortable i think yeah so be flexible can, i can find something here i can eat you know it's fine and and it, it may not be the ideal thing but like i'm going to enjoy it it's fine like I had a friend of mine today pick me up for lunch and he said, Hey, I want to go to Popeye's to get a chicken sandwich. I'm like, ah, I'm fine with that. Let's go. I got an appointment at the racetrack tonight. So I, I'm going to burn it all off, whatever, you know? So like, I think just thinking about things from that perspective of, of, uh, I'm, I'm not rewarding myself. I'm not punishing myself. Like just get rid of that mentality, get rid of that philosophy. And I want to, I want to, I want to chase that feeling like, I feel good. My body feels good. I feel this is a race towards something, not away from something. That's it. Yeah. And then my heart goes out for people to, okay. Cause I also know people who there are things going on in their, in their, their body that like, no matter what they eat, they feel bad, you know, and there's, there's supplements they have to take and do things. And, and I don't want to be un, unsympathetic or empathetic towards them. Cause that's a real thing. But also I want to encourage anyone you know, who wrestles with their health to just 
think about it differently. Don't think about it again as I don't want to be the big person in the mirror anymore. You know, I'm embarrassed. I was going to come back around to that because you're not the big person in the mirror anymore, but that that was not, you went to that goal in a completely different way Mm -hmm. and you still got to, I mean, you still, that is no longer the case. Um, And I love that this has been an entirely different journey. The whole approach to the journey, this is, inspiring because it's a completely, I think anybody that's dieted a lot or through their whole life, um, I, you know, does feel like dieting is, a, you know, you almost feel like, oh, here we go again. All right. I'm ready to go. Because I think people who've dieted a lot. People, a lot of people think don't have willpower, don't have this. They probably have more willpower than a lot of other people, but this is a way where you're not, you know, ready to kind of hunker down and I can tough it out till I get where I want to go. Sure. And this and the way that you describe it sounds, you know, like something where we're not going to just try to get to from A to B, but we're going to enjoy being on the journey from A to B. It is. Yeah. So if, if you're going to set a goal, you know, so let's say and and all these goals, there should be long goals and there should be close ones. Right. And the close ones are short goals. And so like when I was pushing 300 pounds, I thought, okay, like my first goal, I don't have a date on it, but my first goal is I want to lose 20 pounds. So I'm just going to work and work and work and work until I get that 20 pound mark. And then I'm going to reassess it. I'm going to reassess what I'm eating, what I'm doing. And that's what I did. And then my next goal was to lose 10 pounds. And that's when I get, I hit the end of doing like pure keto, 30 pounds and, and, Again, like every time I hit a goal, I wanted to reassess that goal. Is this still what I want to do? How can I keep a plan, keep moving forward? And then that's when I shifted away from no carbs to just carb conscious. And the, the combination in my experience of just intentional eating, like clean eating with movement, like my, my uh, good friend of mine is a chiropractor. He's my chiropractor. His name is Shane McCall, Dr. Shane McCall. And he, he says movement is medicine. You know, not everyone can get on a bike and ride 30 miles. Not everyone has a bike. Not everyone has the time to do that. Not everyone has the capability to do that. That's fine. But maybe it's just after dinner, get up and walk around your neighborhood for 25 minutes, or 30 minutes, or get up earlier in the morning and do that. Like having at least three to four times a week where you're moving, you're just getting up and you're just moving. Maybe it's a, there's a lack of community in your life. Maybe like this would be a great way to connect with some friends. Hey, can we meet on, you know, Saturday mornings at this time and and walk this trail together and just like have other people that can encourage you on the journey to, to help you get out of bed when you don't want to, you know, it's like, like I was racking my bike up on my, on my truck and then, you know, driving 25 minutes to meet guys to ride our bikes for 30 miles, you know, the longest trip was from my bedroom to the garage. You know, incredible. Yeah, well, that's that was the true. hardest one was to get up. I don't want to get up today. <laughs> that was you the hardest. Got to get yourself on the bike. You just got to get yourself on the bike. Get from the bedroom to the garage. Yeah. Get the bike twenty five minutes away so I can ride for two hours. Like those, those were easy compared to that twenty foot from the bed to the garage. But like, but knowing that there were people that were waiting on me was that like that kept me in the game. You know. Yeah. I love that. Well, this, this is, this is, there's so much in here that people can take away. And I, and I like that you made this, you, you kind of assess things and made this journey work for you and your life along the way and your situation. And that's a huge lesson for everybody. Still doing that. 
there's not only one way to do something and, you know, you have to make it, making something sustainable means making it work for you. And I love that you did that. And that's sort of, you know, that you were constantly that, you know, also if something kind of started to not work quite right, that you didn't say, well, uh, forget this whole thing. We're going to, we have to adjust. And that's a huge part too. I think a lot of people just give up if they, they mess up one little bit. Well, okay, we'll start over in a couple months. We'll do this again. See, so let me speak into that. So like sometimes there's like really hard situations where like you, you, you go on a trip, you go on vacation, you go, there's a funeral and you got to leave town and, and you end up just surrounded by very few good food options. Mm-hmm. And day after day after day after day, finally, or there's guests in your house and they're always cooking and doing stuff. Like there's lots, lots of, you know, scenarios where if you're trying to be really careful, like you can get tripped up. And there's a point where there's like this frustration barrier. You hit it. It's like, man, just screw it, whatever. Like what you can do is say, you know what? Today I chose what I chose. I I regret it because my body feels funky. Tomorrow I'm going to choose something different, you know, like. Win the day. Win the day. Yeah. So like I have a lot of friends who who are in the addiction world. And I, I, I work with a lot of guys who are addicts and, and, like one of the things they say is if you if you had to commit to being sober for the rest of your life, like you would never be sober because this the, the pressure of, of trying to think through every season. I'm going to be all I got to worry about is being sober today. If I can if I can do it today, if I can say no to that stuff today and choose this today, because I think I can manage today, you I know, and, hope and everybody it, heard that. That's really important. We just, you know, like. Let's just control right now today and, and try to get a W for the day. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do this. We'll, we'll do that again tomorrow. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then like AA culture, like there's a sponsor, you know, someone who's there for when you're thinking about making bad choices, or self-destructive choices, which I like that language with our health, because, you know, like before I started this journey, Kristen, it was hard for me to pass a gas station. I always had a Pepsi in my hand, always. Just a, this, you know, the real sugar Pepsi was like my thing. I, I, I drink probably five or six 20 ounce bottles a day of those things. If I go to Chili's or go to a restaurant, I get a minimum of four to five refills. You know, just the amount of sugar and pop. I was that, that that's like the biggest hurdle for me. Actually, was like the withdrawal your body goes into from, oh. from you know the caffeine and the sugar. It's hard, man. It's hard. Oh, I need a Coke, you know, but like just the, the language that, that coincides with like the addiction culture and addiction world is like, I need someone who's, who's been through this that can help anchor me in moments when I've lost my bearings and just not to shame me, but to remind me what I want. I remember you mm. said you wanted this. So if you're able to be vulnerable enough to share and say, man, I really want this thing right now. I really want this pop or I want to go do this or I want to go do that. Like, let's talk about what's going on. Cause probably what you're going to find, what I found is a lot of that stuff's connected to this negative emotional stuff going on inside of me. Yes. And sugar is a drug. Sugar is America's like parent approved drug. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah. 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 That, well, what are we uh, kids seeing on the uh, commercials with their cartoons? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, this is huge. This is such a good talk. I'm so happy that you were on and could run through all of this. So yep. many huge takeaways. And I think this is going to be hugely helpful for um, many, many folks listening here. Uh, and a bit of a fun note, because I hope everybody gets a chance to hear you sing, because 
<laughs> yeah, it, I, I can't hear your voice enough. Where can people hear you if they want to hear a little more, uh, well, hear some more from you and, and get to hear this incredible instrument that you have? Well, there's a couple places. I'm a worship pastor at Christ Church of the Valley. And I'll say this, I walk among giants. There are so many incredibly talented people on staff here at the church. And I, I have to pinch myself, literally. I can't believe I get to stand next to some of these people. It, it's, it's amazing. They're amazing. But if, you know, if you like old soul country vibe, that's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look on you know, Apple Music or um, Spotify, just wherever you listen to music. If you just look up Ryan Hunt, um, I've got a few albums out there, too, you can listen to. So That's phenomenal. Well, Ryan, thank you again. I'm so excited you were here. And um, I hope you'll come back again and let me question you more. Sure, absolutely. Awesome. All right, uh, Ryan, you have a wonderful day and thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to Real Keto Talk. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on this podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want related to keto. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut. Join us next time for Real Keto Talk. See you next time.